Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with his dear, dear pal, Dave Damashek. Dave, it is Wednesday night. I don't know, they... It was almost a good, important NBA game tonight. It was New Jersey and the Sixers, and the line jumped all over the place, and it settled on the Sixers winning by six. Of course, the Nets didn't play anybody. So why should anyone play anyone at this point? I I, I, I get mad, but then I'm like, oh, of course, it, it makes sense. Everybody's well, saying, let's not, let's not uh, upset the apple cart here. I wouldn't say that too loudly, or you're going to get yelled at by Mad Dog Russo. He's very upset. He's uh, <laughs> he's pining for the olden days when guys would uh, go out there in meaningless games. I don't know. I guess I'm on the offense about it. It comes down to imagine if you're a season ticket holder, or yeah, worse sure. than that, imagine you know at Christmas time or whatever. You know the the you know the old man goes out and gets tickets. Hey, I got a special one for you. You know mm. we're gonna go see the Sixers in April. It'll be an important game. It's the one I saved up, and this right. is your big present. It's like yeah, nobody's playing. It yeah. it does stink. <laughs> it's hard to absolutely. Defend. I yeah. It, uh, unless it stinks for the gamblers too. I mean, yes. Giannis is now on his eleventh uh, game time decision where he dropped out, or game time decision, or wasn't even a questionable or. Whatever. I mean, he's the biggest defender of that this year, but I don't know. I'm just like kind of used to it. I'm like, all right, let's just go through, pretend these games mean anything. And anyway, that that line went all over the place. It was six. Once we found out nobody was playing, they were minus nine, nine and a half. You got it early this morning, maybe at minus six, six and a half. And it ended on six and uh, they didn't it, cover. Does it feel to you, though, like that there's that there's maybe some strategy behind this? I don't know. Sure. I could see Nash and the the big three and beyond and they're extended to their big five, their name brand uh, guys that they have on the nets saying, why are we going to show the Sixers anything? We're going to be playing yeah, them again well, right. in uh, five weeks in, in games that matter. So may as well yeah. sit these out. The good news is Sal, I know because you're down on my, one of my favorite puck seasons ever. And the NBA mm -hmm. is, uh, is, uh, <laughs> is limping into its postseason. The great news is we are a fortnight away. NFL draft is almost here. It's, that's yes. exciting too. See, there's never a dead spot on the calendar as a sports fan. Style. It is true. And uh, yes, the, like I said, the NFL draft is so much more important now that we hit this dry spell with NBA and NHL with the games. We're easing, easing ever so slowly into the playoffs, still six weeks away. Big news today, Jadevian Clowney signs with the Browns. One year, $10 million. Um I don't know. I looked at it and I like, you know, the Clay Travis's of the world. Like, oh, he was on the tight. He was sucked on the Titans. No sack, nothing. Hasn't had a sack in two years. Then I look, I, I see this. I'm like, well, I don't ever want him to be right. So I dig up a stat. And since 2018, Clowney is in the top five in rush percentage. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Is that that you get to the quarterback? He's at 25%, which is, I think he's fifth. And you go, you got Robert Quinn ahead of him. You got obviously Aaron Donald ahead of him. Uh, that's pretty good. So he could still make some plays. I think this is a good sign and a good signing for the Browns. Yeah. And, you know, he I was with the Texans uh, and um, there he had a uh, pass rush mate on the other side that made things extra dangerous. Of course, in fact, he had, a, he had at least a couple of good pass rushers along with him. And in mm -hmm. Seattle, they can get to the QB. The question for him is, though, is, is his health, obviously. And it, it, it has limited his production He's never even had 10 sacks. What are we talking about with this guy? Yes, 
He is a monster when he's healthy. The problem is, is that he's rarely healthy. And I guess that right. leads to questions about motivation and all that, that a lot of people are excited though. Like, yeah, but Miles Garrett's going to draw the double teams and that'll free Clowney up. It's like, wasn't that the case when he was playing with JJ Watt? Sure. Wasn't that the, wasn't that the basic, same basic thing? Right, listen, it's, if you're the Browns, if you're a long suffering Browns fan, you had the indication of, of cause for optimism in January. You've had the best, at least in that division, if not the whole NFL, you've probably had the best free agency period. So listen, mm. they, these people have nothing to celebrate. They've, their, their heroes have given them virtually nothing to cheer about for 50 years. Good well, let's them. see. Get, Fandle, Fandle has them in, coming in second place in the AFC North, second best odds at plus 170. The Ravens still favored a plus 110. I feel like we go over this um, three times a week. The Steelers at plus 360 and the Bengals, at 23 to one, I don't think the clowny signing moves the needle uh, much for those odds. I still like the Ravens. We're talking April 14th. Uh, who'd they sign? Spaghetti, the Giants uh, guard there, Zeigler, Zeigler, right? They got him. They re-signed Pernell McPhee. Am I saying that right? I think I got that right. And uh, I don't know. They have some uh, decent signings on that side. And I just uh, expect a, a rebound year. Now, Dave, I want to talk to you about this, though. I By the way, very quickly, I know where oh, you're going to go, but very quickly, yes. just because, again, like all the, most of these teams are awaiting the draft to fill out their offseason right. painting, and so we don't know what the Ravens are going to look like, but I don't understand, as constituted, putting the Ravens or the Steelers ahead of the Browns. The Ravens don't have a front seven put together yet, but just a free agency as we move on from that and start talking draft. The name brand guys that are out there as pass rushers, Melvin Ingram, Justin mm. Houston may sign with the Ravens by the time you're listening to this. Then there's KJ Wright still back there, awfully productive with those Seahawks defenses. Yeah. Dick Sherman and Casey Hayward, two of the best uh, cover corners in the league over the last decade. Still some bargains to be had out there, Sal. Yeah, you're right. And in addition to the draft. Now, here's what I want to get into with you. Well, not too much, but... I don't know. How do you feel about first place schedule? I think I put too much emphasis on it normally, but I think it's I think it's accurate to say that it makes a difference now because now with the first place schedule, do you even know your Steelers made the mistake of coming in first? They have an extra game. You know where that extra game is? It's against an NFC team. I don't know if you know this, but it's an NFC team that the, in the division that they're not playing, one of the divisions that they're not playing. So you play everyone in your division twice. You play an AFC division, and then you play an NFC division. So the Steelers have the Seahawks. I know. I think I think the Hawks have to come to Pittsburgh, not the other way around. I could be wrong, though. And if yeah, I am so wrong, they good, do, I'll they, fly they up the They do come to, to Pittsburgh. But I think this is going to... You have to factor this, I think, a little in the odds, a little in the over-unders, a little in the whole idea that there might be a little more parity. You play enough first-place teams. Okay, last year doesn't necessarily mean this year they're going to be just as good, but you play enough first-place teams and you're going to beat each other up. And I think we see a lot more like 10 and 7s along the way as a result. Do you or am I just thinking too uh, much into this? I mean, I don't know. The the cynics poo-poo looking at uh, strength of schedule at this time of the year because we don't know if any of these teams are going to be good. But I think you can extract some. Uh, well, but it's always hard to repeat, right? So then that's why maybe why, you know, it's not well, like we see the everybody too, winning don't they, they have third place. The Ravens locked up the second seed. Yeah. And then the Browns. So, yeah, so they 
get the favorable schedule you would uh, right so the ravens so all right so the third place team is arizona i mean it's no slouch when you're playing the nfc west either way but i'm just saying some of these first place teams are going to be in a little bit of trouble and i have not done the research but i think i think it it lends itself to more parity it kind of has to doesn't it it does but uh, i know i've said this to you before and i'm going to say it again now you're talking to the wrong guy about this because i can talk myself into any team this side right. of the Texans making the playoffs. It's I mean the, that that's the beauty of pro football as as it uh, shakes out perennially now in the 21st century. It's like yeah, I could kind of see the Bengals making the playoffs. I could I, I I and I really can see that too. I I can see any team being halfway decent. So I, I you know there was someone brought up oh, again. I don't want to keep mentioning him, but Clay Travis said the Bengals were 23 to one to win the North. And I was like, Oh, shut up. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's not bad. 23 to one. Why not? I know I the, what, the, what the what lions else? are longer odds. I mean, listen, they, their, their QB is going to be a guy who almost won the MVP 18 months ago. So, um, you I know. don't know why I decided the lions are going to be my team. I'm going to shit on all year. Uh, that's going to be the team starting from scratch. That's uh, a good but, one to do, but who knows? And again, so much left the draft, so many free agents out there. Uh, so we'll uh, look. I don't like that. as we transition into um, to one of the high end Patriots of the 21st century. I don't like this late buzz about um, Belichick's plot to get to pick number mm-hmm. four and get Justin Fields. That will upset me, Sal. We no, can't I don't think it happens. Can't have it. I don't okay. think it happens. I don't I, think so either. But I but still, the noise part of them is, is still looking for a way to recruit uh, a cornerback into the, the taking snaps. Um, all right. We have a guest here. Oh, we do. There he is. Kevin. Hedge. What? <laughs> Yo, Woo! what the hell? Now you can see Kevin Hench on minus three, the second episode of minus three every week. Uh, he's a joy. It's a great, great listen. Please listen to that. Um, he's on with Dave and Eddie Spaghetti and he made his debut. What is it now? Four weeks ago? More? Five? Maybe right, five. Right? I, oh, yeah. I it? think we've. Yeah, they're they're all uh, they're all legendary episodes. You should go back and listen to them. But to say that he's a delight is is a stretch there. Sal. Did I say, say that? I would just say something that would indicate that he was a pleasure to oh. be dealing with. And when when instead he you know he, he goes I thought at I, meant, I meant delirious. He goes at everybody. I said delight. poor Eddie. Spa- I'm built for it. I can handle it, Sal. But I'm worried about our friend poor Eddie Spaghetti. Well, he here's didn't the sign thing. off for this. I'm worried about him too, and that's why I invited Hench on. I think in his uh, uh, debut appearance on Minus Three, the, it came up that Julian Edelman was going to make the Hall of Fame, and Hench is like, "No way, no doubt about. It. I don't want to hear anything about." It. Now Edelman since retired a couple of days ago, and I like Edelman. He parties with the mighty mighty Boss Tones, Dickie Barrett. We're friends with him. He's a Jewish player. My mother's very upset when any Jewish player retires, even though he's going to sign with the Bucks in three days. But really, who's left? Uh, C.D. Lamb, Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know how many Jews are left in the <laughs> NFL. But yeah, with the say, Schwartz brothers gone, yeah, we're really uh, yes, we're running we're, out of them. We are running out. And I'm running out of patience for anyone who says Julian Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame. And you gave it good to Eddie Spaghetti, Hedge. But I hope that since you've peered over the stats and changed your mind about this. Which which stats the the unprecedented playoff game log? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, a guy named Bill Simmons sent me this playoff game log. Even I didn't know how totally dominant Julian Edelman has been. But look, by the way, this do you want Brandon Marshall's nine hundred and seventy regular season catches in September and October? Is that what you're looking for yeah. in a Hall of Fame wide receiver? Obviously, for twenty years the Patriots were going to the playoffs. 
those games are irrelevant. Everyone knows when the season starts in New England. Uh, it's not like Jason Garrett's our coach. We know we're going to the playoffs for 20 mm-hmm. years. And so Edelman's body of work is those games in January and February. And I'm not That's sure if you're, familiar, if you're familiar with them. First of all, yes, 300 more catches than Lynn Swan in the regular season. I, here's the, the, only person, yes. the only person who has more playoff catches is Jerry Rice. Okay. And then I was thinking about Jerry Rice. Who has the seminal catch in 49er dynasty history? It's John Taylor. John Taylor has the most important catch in 49er dynasty history. Dwight Clark, but all right. Look at, look at, uh, oh, okay, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. You're right, you're right. Stand corrected. Uh, Neither neither guy's named Jerry Rice. But uh, Julian Edelman, game winning, Super Bowl winning touchdown catch against the Seahawks. Um, Miracle catch that allows for the 28 to three comeback to be completed against the Falcons. So if that catch isn't made, that's not that this isn't even a discussion. It's really that catch. Okay. Seahawks. Great. But well, if I've already brought you over. Yeah. Stop. But there's much more to get to because. Wait, wait, wait. Let me help out. This will shock you, Sal, except that you already know my opinion on it. Yeah. Listen, it is Julian Edelman made that catch. That's correct. That puts Mm. him on par with David Tyree. What puts him past David Tyree is the other game that Hench already mentioned, and Hench is going to get to some other stuff. The it's 2018 fine. AFC title game in Arrowhead. What about that performance he put on? Okay, First he dropped all, a big one in that game, but that was a bad okay. example. But I don't, yeah, I don't, let, let me just do this. Let's not do the Lynn Swan thing. Let's try to do this going forward, okay? We don't want to put crap in the Hall of Fame if it doesn't belong, right? Like, so the Mets had a GM who texted horrible pictures and things to women. So let's not just say, well, why can't Matt Gates be the GM for the Mets? No, no, let's learn from our mistakes. Let's move on. So moving forward, who do we want in the Hall of Fame? Do we want a guy who, yes, he had great postseason. Let's just forget about the 80% of every year. 80% of his body of work is average. He never made a Pro Bowl. He was never second team. Can't we just start there and say you have to make a Pro Bowl or be second team? Isn't that okay, easy? You can have, Isn't that you easy? Can have, well, then obviously you're making the Brandon Marshall argument. You want Brandon Marshall. I want Julian Edelman. First of all, what are you going to put one guy from the Patriots in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Who, who goes yeah. in the Hall of Fame? Six Super Bowls. Like, you got to pick somebody. So Guess the what? Mo- he, he got his prize. He won the Super Bowl. That's his prize. You don't get to go to the Hall of Fame. He did great in the playoffs. What do I get? Oh, you get a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, that's good enough. You don't get to go in the Hall of Fame because you did uh, – You did. I, I don't understand. He never made a throw. What did he have? Nine touchdowns? Okay. He never had double-digit touchdowns. He, he – so – after he allows for the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history with the miracle catch, mm-hmm. then he converts third and nine and third and 10 in Arrowhead against the Chiefs, against the Super Chiefs, third and nine, third and 10. That is a low percentage completion. Not if Julian Edelman's on your team. They ran the same exact play on different sides of the line of scrimmage. He was open by five yards immediately when the, in the most important plays of the season, he was always open and he always made the play. Unlike Welker, who's not going to the hall of fame, even though he has hundreds of more catches than Julian Edelman, because when it mattered most, Welker was gacking it. By the way, you know what it mattered? You know what it mattered with with Welker? I know, I know you lambasted spaghetti for bringing up Welker. Guess who couldn't beat out Wes Welker for like the first three years of his career. Julian Edelman. He couldn't crack the starting lineup. So Let me this say guy this. Is Let me say this. Or he isn't. Well, You're right. Say this, You're right. While, while he was not starting in the slot to be, on his way to becoming the second most dominant playoff receiver in NFL history, he was merely Rick Upchurch 
returning four punts for touchdowns. He was awesome at everything he ever did. His oh, okay. last playoff game, punt his last playoff game for the Patriots, he added oh, no. a rushing touchdown to his, his resume. I know it's all by, playoffs. And by the way, yeah. and they by play the a way, terrible division. They make the playoffs every year. And he gets the, the way, benefit because he stepped they, up. They right. don't. They don't win one of those Super Bowls if he doesn't complete a fifty-one-yard touchdown pass when they're down eight against yeah, okay. the Ravens in the playoffs. Now I don't know. Maybe you stop watching football in January. Maybe no, no. you don't pay attention. Sal, who's coming on after me? Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you're going to ask him if Copernicus was right? Does the yeah, sun yeah, revolve around the, the earth, earth yeah. or does the earth revolve around the sun? I mean, this is nice. settled law. It's no, embarrassing. You no, sound no, his like regular guys, season stats like sucked because, because there, were so, there were so many good receivers on that Patriots team. So how could he shine at that offense in the regular? <laughs> oh, no, wait, there weren't. There were no good receivers on that Patriots team. Give it all to Brady. Oh, and the, he had the best quarterback of all time, but couldn't scratch together double-digit touchdowns in even one year or a Pro Bowl or a second. Well, listen, second you know you know yeah. the curse of playing in the slot. You don't mm -hmm. you don't post a ton of TDs, but you do. If well, you're that's your best argument. It's a different position than we're used to he's a dh or whatever you want to call him but in the slot position he was the best there was that's if that's if, your h, best argument. if h stands for hall then i'll take it Desi mm. designated a, a, hall. a few things now first yeah. of all mm -hmm. uh love the hot and timely reference to rick upchurch i know that's I, i'm glad that's i'm glad that sal and i are two of the <laughs> maybe five people who will get the reference but okay yes Broncos. a great punt returner to be sure one yeah. two this all deserves to have above every other comment made. Julian Edelman isn't going to go to the Hall of Fame. I can almost certainly guarantee you of that. There's just not going to be enough momentum. So Fanduel set a fictitious line at minus one thirty against him. He's a he's a minus one thirty underdog to make the Hall of Fame. Oh, look, Dave, listen, you make a good living Monday through Friday, right? But what if, do you earn any money on the weekends? I don't. You're not cutting lawns. You're not. Yeah, you're not working at an art gallery like. Yeah, right, the weekends is when here? it counts. Well, no, I'm not Rick Upchurch. No, I, you it's 70% of your week is disregarded. It's how much you make on the weekends. That's where it is. That's where you got to make your money. That's that's the only thing we're going to judge what you What are you on. talking about? How, how can, you're, you're not this guy, Sal. You root what? for the Dallas Cowboys. No, you, I know. This is like, you the get idea, a Super the Bowl idea ring. You, don't you see get a Super Bowl ring. You don't get to look, go in the Hall of Fame. I appreciate that Sal has to take the Skip Bayless role here. I appreciate that he doesn't believe minus one thirty. We can't have a discussion because Fandle has it a minus one thirty. So you could scream and I can. I'm just sticking up for spaghetti. Wes Welker, okay. this is good. Well, how about your people, Sal? Why don't mm -hmm. you stick up for them? They've been through a lot. I didn't hear who. <laughs> people. The people. chosen people, Sal. The chosen oh, I people. I do. And I went got, through that. I get this it. is his Goyam half making the argument. <laughs> and you got so. it. I know he's graded on a curve. <laughs> and you got to choose him for the whole Well, listen. If Robert Ory all famer leading if he was the second leading playoff scorer of all time obviously he'd be in the Hall of Fame like I don't know mm. what what you know Edelman it, okay Marvin Harrison right Hall of Famer mm. thousands of catches unbelievable yeah uh one Super Bowl he and Reggie Wayne that the Colts fans can share that that Super Bowl uh tr one trophy I remember the the day that Marvin Harrison had three catches in Foxborough because you know who else caught the ball three times that day from Peyton Manning? Ty Law. That's who caught the ball three times. Those are the games that matter. Those are the only games that matter when you go to the playoffs every year. And when the games mattered most, Julian Edelman was second right. only to Jerry Rice. So obviously he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, 
They're in a shit division. You get that by the first week. You're playing a freezing cold game the second week. We got Mickey Mantle no shouldn't break. be That's in the good. Hall of Fame. Mickey okay. Mantle shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. That league sucked his whole career. Well, I oh, don't please. understand. Well, is, I, I, know, I know he didn't hit 50 home. He never hit home runs in the regular season. Let's disregard it. He was terrible in the regular season. All right, season. forget regular. that. Let, let me yeah. just say this. <laughs> I, I'm, I, it makes me sick positively sick to be advocating for a New England Patriot. Yes. You, you, you you that's how that. great he was. You that's understand that, Sal. You understand this gives me no pleasure to make this argument. I am I, I am a pedigree snob. Mm. Julian Pedigree does not have a, have a high pedigree. <laughs> he was atrocious pedigree. for 16-game regular seasons. Yes. All the time. Yes. This is a, if not a unique case, pretty distinct. And the measure that, what was he one or two at his position at any season of course no he was not well but that's man, it one or two or three or four man but the the, can you tell but, the, but the, as the line goes about can you tell the story of pro football can you talk about the super bowl era can you talk about the last 20 years of what the patriots did to the rest of the nfl without julian edelman playing a central role in it i mean he just he was huge in the big games and how about when people, this, and when people are like oh he was so bad for most of it though it's like Everybody sleeps on the fact or or chooses to ignore it when it's convenient. They only give out the one Lombardi at the end of it. So it matters who wins it. He and got the guys who contribute to he it continually are those are the, belong in the Hall of Fame. And let me say something else to you. I didn't too. know you get a ring and a free pass to the Hall of Fame. I didn't know well, it was he, both. I, okay. He but. didn't just get a ring. He got a he got a Super Bowl MVP as it happened. So he got, he got extra hardware good, walking out good. of that stadium. He was stadium. rewarded already. I don't know. It's a distinct case. It is definitely not about You talk about telling the story of football 20 years from now. You're with your grandkids. You got them on the knee. You're like, oh, why did Julian Edelman make the Hall of Fame? I'm looking at his stats. Like, yeah, never made the Pro Bowl. Well, didn't he have, why didn't he only have seven touchdowns? Why was that his best year? Wasn't wasn't everyone slinging the ball in the the 2010s? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I forgot. I forgot why he's a Hall of Famer. I, I know. I find it yeah. uninspired when we start leaning up because that what that quickly leads to is is then grand total of a mass numbers and durability yeah. in the sport when you're running into people on purpose is mm. uh, is a nice quality to have, but it does not transcend what Terrell Davis did. Give me the sh- give me the limited sample size. Give me the big spot moments and what they did in those moments. And by the way, the the larger thing is too. I. Maybe and that see this will probably reveal why I'm Julian Edelman friendly on this one is I do think Lynn Swan and by the way Drew Pearson belong in the Hall of Fame not because of their grand totals but because of what they did in Januarys that's why it matters and uh, but I think it's a bad the, precedent to not get Pro Bowlers in the Hall of Fame I just do it's crazy it's but it's but but again the, his his importance to Tom Brady and that dynasty is is impossible to to knock mm-hmm. down really i mean it just it, it, it is that you you can't say that he wasn't important the, the those second first three half years when he couldn't beat out west welker i i don't know but here's the bigger issue that the three of us have talked about we, all these all these halls of fame need to be moved up to mount pius once and for all because the 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 multiple no, uh, you can't do it. You're letting a guy to make the second the multiple, team all there pro. There are multiple and... standards that go on here, and they're unsatisfying. I mean, I yeah, I think Edelman belongs in the hall. I think Swan and Pearson belong in the hall. But then why isn't Cliff, Cliff Branch in the Hall of Fame? Why is Bra- Bob Greasy? We're talking about a guy who just I'm got saying, two rings. Forward. That was his reward. He didn't. Let's move forward. There's been a lot of mistakes. But moving forward, it's a bad precedent 
to not put a Pro Bowl, put a not I, I shoot down on my. I Adam. say, I, I say, telling the story of the NFL, whatever. I say Julian Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame based on the numbers. Mm. The numbers are 118 receptions in the playoffs, three Super Bowl rings. It's it's. It, I, I don't. I'm going to take that bet, Fanduel. He's going to the Hall of Fame because I'm going to let you in a little secret. You, the guys who vote on this, that they're, they're, they're going to have a soft spot for for, uh, for a guy like that, and and the greatest player of all time thinks he belongs in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Tony Romo actually, never said that. Tony that Romo actually hurts his case. Now we ah, now Sal reveals why he doesn't care as much about what happens in January. Hey, what did Romo say? Nine. No, no, you said the greatest. I was making a joke. You said the oh, greatest. Oh, okay. Part. All right. Well, let's cut text, it short. Text Romo. Text Romo right now. I, I will. I, he'd probably say yes, but uh, I, I just, I just don't think it's a good. Uh, and it's also, Hinch, it's hard to take you seriously making this argument in a closet in front of all your J. Crew flannels. I really well, can't. I gotta I listen. I do it when I break it to the family that I'm doing a podcast in the middle of dinner, I gotta go all as right. far away as possible. <laughs> Sheck has seen it. Sheck has seen the rage during the recording. <laughs> <laughs> go back I, to I, I, I need to be undiscoverable i feel bad your freaking red Sox have won nine in a row i just feel it i feel it's closing hey, in again damn it i threw the I, wanted, I wanted my first bets of the year on the on the minus three i said red Sox over 50.5 percent win total you were right you there you said I'm they're gonna be I, bangers I, and they scored i nine. said uh i said uh bruins are gonna get killed by the capitals on sunday eight to one I'm making mm. a lot of people money here, and I'm going to make them some more right now. Bet on Edelman to get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> not only does he deserve it, it sounds like you're getting a good price. Get him no, out no, of here. No. You forget uh, about people that the voters do reside up on Mount Pius. I think he was saying that there's an outsized percentage of sports writers who are also chosen people who are going to vote for. I see. Is that what you were getting at? Is that am I reading that correctly? I, I wasn't going that far, but you know, the kind of people that would root for the plucky uh, converted Kent state quarterback. Yeah. You know, uh, you're saying, like you're, you're saying hard, like hardcore Jews like Bill Simmons. I know what you're saying. I know. All right. Devout. Devout. Jules is my guy. He goes to the hall or I quit. <laughs> Hench, thanks for joining us. You're going to be All on right. minus Anytime. Three. You'll be Anytime. talking about it again in about eight hours. So, um, yeah, just button up the vest. Get in the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be as good because I'm going to agree with him again. But by the way, Sal, Hench's yeah. standard that he lays out there is, is yeah. accurate. First of all, it's a little weird. Doesn't the Hall of Fame doesn't owe it to the 21st century Patriots to put a certain number of them in, but it is it is odd when you start counting them up. Richard Seymour is going to get in. We're Ty doing Law another round in. of this? I no, no, I no. Well, well, I'll do that one. with Hedge on minus three. I'll it's spare fine. him. But Willie McGinn is blocking hey. too. But as they yeah. mentioned, Obviously, he's the all-time sacks leader in, po in the postseason. How's he not in the Hall of Fame? All right, I'll, I'll let him in. That's fine. Obviously, if Sheck is rattling off Patriot Hall of Famers, I'm not leaving. Like, that's got to <laughs> stop before I click before I click leave meeting, I don't, right. I'm, I was glad I was invited, but uh, Sheck, you did a great job winning this argument without me. <laughs> this, I, I'm sure Sal has a good WrestleMania analogy for what just happened to him between the two of us, but yeah. I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave you. I turned to, heel, but if it makes you <laughs> yes, feel better, I still heel. think Brad Marchand is, uh, is half human, half rat. And he's a creep who shouldn't be allowed in the league. All right. Hans, your daughter is screaming. She wants her Patriots vest <laughs> back. Right. So go, go All get right. it. To her. <laughs> All, right. All right. See you guys. <laughs> see all right there you go kevin and she's great so spaghetti though that's how you have to treat him that's what you see gotta how he do. yells go right, all the time and everything go right at him, spaghetti
Go so right I, I, I appreciate you doing that for me so that much. That was for you. I mean, it was that was really noble and honorable of you. I know he brings in like the funny Neil deGrasse Tyson references, but his humor is not going to escape the fact that he's simply wrong here. Edelman <laughs> is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So unless they change the Hall of Fame, like Sheck's been pushing for to the, yeah. the Hall of All or one of those kind of things, like, you know, wh- what are we talking about here? Is it is it postseason deeds or is it an entire career? And until it changes, which matter start. more and what do people remember more? Well, why do you watch the regular season then? Why, what, what's the point? Because it's, it's no. terribly enjoyable. What do you mean, why? All right. Well, Is it enjoyable because the best players play their best? Because that's probably what they should do from weeks, week one to I, Like 17. I said, I'm, I, that's my final point on it. I, I get that the numbers are uh, unsatisfying to look at between September and December. A different standard needs to be applied here. I know it's a distinct case, but he does deserve it based on performing at his best on the biggest stage. More right. and not and not as a one-off either. It's a people I keep throwing it. up. No, so San Antonio Holmes should go thing. in. Like no, San Antonio Holmes had one great Super Bowl. Julian Edelman had multiple postseason runs. How about this? We favorite. have a postseason Hall of Fame. Why don't we do that while okay. we're building the one off of Mount Pius? Let's. Let's uh, have a postseason Hall of Fame, and Edelman's a first ballot. Joel, what are you? What are you saying? You're bummed out at Dave. I'm, I'm just. I'm super <laughs> disappointed. This, Dave, what? you can never step foot in Squirrel Hill again. How could you not even mention Heinz Ward should get in first? These entitled, pompous Patriot fans. Heinz Ward had double the numbers Edelman. Yeah. Also won a Super Bowl. Also had Super Bowl moments. If Edelman is getting in, Heinz Ward gets in first. Uh, he probably yeah. agrees. Oh, well, I'm not gonna. Am I gonna argue with you about Heinz Ward belongs in the Hall of Fame? Obviously, he does. No, but argue with Hinch. Argue with Hinch. That he, he would. Say I said yes. also that he's not. That it's all a fun exercise to debate, but he's not going to get in. Heinz Ward's not in the Hall of Fame. If Heinz Ward not in the Hall, Julian Edelman's not going to the Hall. That's. That should be pretty straightforward for everybody. I, I didn't even want to get into who else should be. I want to really focus on Edelman. I didn't want to look back. I didn't want to look forward. I wanted to say this is bad to let a guy with these uh, soft regular season credentials in. And we did say, though, most clutch catch. We went over this with the against all odds guys. Most clutch catch in Super Bowl history. Um, first of all, uh, Brother Bride points out, that Arizona Pittsburgh game is, um, you know, I, I think like people thought it was a really good game. It really should be a, no, recognized as a top three Super Bowl of all time. It has hmm. two of the top six or seven plays of all time in them. I think the, the Harrison return and the Santonio Holmes catch, which I think is like twenty percent. I said more difficult than the Dwight Clark catch, but similar. But the Dwight Clark catch, we'll see. Uh, 400 million times more than the San Antonio Holmes catch. But what do you put as number one, the most clutch catch in Super oh, Bowl? Oh, it's funny history? you say that because, I mean, I've seen the Lynn Swan in Super Bowl 10 lunging yeah. at midfield and bobbling that ball. That wasn't mm-hmm. even his best catch in that game, but I've seen that seen that one, uh, you know, a million and a half times more than I will see the San Antonio one. The correct answer is San Antonio Holmes. Mm. Um, I mean, clutch, consider the moment. And go back and watch, should anybody care, you can go back and watch on YouTube or otherwise, but watch, I mean, you want to talk about nails and talk about who deserves the Hall of Fame. I mean, Larry Larry Fitzgerald is running with uh, Troy Palomalu and Ike Taylor chasing him, and he's watching himself on the scoreboard, and there's like yeah. two and a half minutes to go. And I remember watching that with my old man, 
And Mo Damashek. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Mo Damashek. Oh, belated, nice. Uh, belated shout out to the happy 80 year old broad. Um, I remember watching that. And I remember the air going out of the room and it was like, oh my God, we're going to love the biggest pessimist on uh, a sports fan that I've ever known as my old man. I, every, I suddenly, a, a calm came over me and I said, Seven's going to do this. He's going to take us down <laughs> the field and he's going to, I knew it. I'm not, Sal, I said it. You can go back and ask these old people while they're still here. Mm. And he, he was on the money and so too was Santonio San that whole drive. I'll remind you, on second down, he throws it to San Antonio in the other corner of the end zone, mm. and it goes right through San Antonio's hand. So the next play, it goes right back to San Antonio, and he well, makes he makes I, the greatest, most. I don't all, think physical. you're right about that. I don't think you're right if, because here's how I described. It. I I I labeled clutch is great catch, difficulty of catch plus clutch, like where it occurred in the game. I think that was a second down play with Holmes. You're not going to get uh, maybe better. it was second. It could have. You, you may be right. That was second. So the first play goes to San Antonio through his hand. Second yes. down, maybe. So that like could be right. Nick Foles is a fourth down play. Uh, you don't get bigger than that for a moment. But the catch wasn't hard, right? So that was like a four or five for a catch. So if you add that, this is how I'm doing it, and which is why it's hard to not make David Tyree's catch, which was a third and five from the 44. If that's incomplete, and there was a thousand different ways it should have been incomplete, then it's fourth and five at the forty-four with a minute left. The you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I get, I, I get touchdown, you. I, you know, uh, some of these I, others too. Um, Edelman was first. Down. I hear you. The Steelers Edelman very likely down. right. Yeah. They they don't get it. They they kick a field goal and right. and uh, that would have been uh, pro football's first overtime, um, yeah. a Super Bowl overtime. I I I kind of disagree. I know it's weird, but. Um, I I don't think Super Bowl forty three is up there in my. Really? Oh, I know it's not my top three. It is those plays, and Kurt Warner and company do make a couple of uh, great plays. Two old quarterbacks. You don't get kind that of a ton. Long, you don't get yeah, that. Yeah, you're ton. right. I mean, yeah. it it should be up there. It just that game was so weird. I just I didn't feel like boy, I'm watching a classic. Oh, you were nervous. Like, you were probably yeah. Nervous. I know it's hard yeah. for me to judge that one. The one that I always throw out again. I don't know what's happened to me. It's bizarro. Dave tonight because um, first I'm defending Julian Edelman. The one that is most slept on is Super Bowl 47 when the Ravens beat the Niners. That I don't know why people don't celebrate that as one of the three best. That game oh, yeah. everything in it. That's a that one's yeah. a, a real beauty. Um, yeah, People's, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you on uh, on clutch or great or whatever. I mean, I mean the that's one just that, how I ranked it. I said difficulty of catch plus where it was in the game, and that that's why I that I, believe me, I don't want to give it to David Tyree. Uh, Right. I, I mean, but that one, that one, same as Edelman, as remarkable as both those catches are, um, the uh, there's a fluke factor to them. Right. There's an unrepeatability uh, because of the weird bobbles and everything that makes it like, I don't know how to take that. What I do know is seven throws a perfect ball. I mean, yeah. that is just such a crazy right. throw. Yeah. Anytime, any week of the season, it's with 35 seconds left in the Super Bowl. And for San Antonio Holmes to reach out and get both toes down and never have the ball even bobble mm. as he goes to the ground. I mean, it's the greatest play in Super I think Bowl if history. You're, and if you're shooting a movie and you're looking for a fluke catch, right? You, you, you shoot, you get the David Tyre. That's the one. You're not going to get more incredible and also a lot of luck involved. If you're shooting the movie in terms of, I want to show pure athleticism from the quarterback and the wide receiver and in a, a big, big spot, I think it's uh, San Antonio Holmes. I guess that's, 
maybe how I would look at it. I spaghetti, guess so. The, uh, spaghetti has to say Tyree, right? I'm a little all over the place, but I will say, even though I don't think 43 is the greatest Super Bowl overall, hmm. one and two, the two greatest plays in Super Bowl history are James Harrison's 99 yarder in San Antonio Holmes. Yeah. Tyree was a weird, fluky, lucky thing. It's hard to put that ahead of either one of those. I'm sorry, Spaghetti. Please go, go ahead, in spaghetti. your, go ahead. In we'll your tank you top. Grown man in a tank top. I mean, I'm in the comfort of my own home. I'm relaxed. I'm podcasting okay. with mm. the with the group. I don't want to dress up. Uh, it's Tyree. I'm not to dress up. There's, there's no. I don't care if it's a fluke. He still made the catch. I mean, it's it's a the way he. I I also think it's grasping the ball on your helmet while a guy like Rodney Harrison, who is a known hard hitter, is pulling you down, and you yeah. still land. And the ball doesn't bounce from the force of you hitting the field is to me is athleticism, you know, beyond belief. I think it's more than just the uh, sheer luck. You know what sucks about that? And that was one of, I feel like every Super Bowl, I, I can't root for either team. That was certainly one of them. We know enough mass holes around here and I can't root for the Giants, but the play before Dave and Spaghetti, you remember this. Asante right through Samuel. Asante Samuel's yep. hands. Right through, right through. So yep. um, what are you going to do? Uh, well, right. and then the, the other play I'll say too quickly is, um, that after Plexico mm. catches the go-ahead touchdown, mm. Brady is, you know, whatever, whatever they are, 85 yards from uh, from winning the game. Yeah. And he th Brady throws one that had to have been 70 air yards to mm. Randy Moss. And it gets Randy Moss reaches out for it at oh, about right. the 10 or 15-yard line of the Giants. And mm. he just misses catching it. And would have been uh now that would have been the greatest catch of all time. But he didn't um, catch it. I'm again to note that Hench is, uh, he's in the zoom. He's trying to, he wants to get back to defend the kill Harry, but I, we're not going to let him in. We can't, <laughs> it's we enough just can't do it. No, uh, <laughs> he's hiding in our floorboards right now. I like so, the yeah. thing that he's wrong about is, and I've heard Everything. this one floated yeah. is, uh, yeah, but Tom Brady thinks he should get in and Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. And it's like, <laughs> oh, doesn't wow. that hurt his case? Doesn't mm -hmm. that like, doesn't aren't Mark Clayton and Mark Duper, um, diminished a little bit it's like yeah we had dan marino throwing it to you no right. wonder you we're so productive isn't yeah. that the same logic i think it's backwards when people are throwing out brady thinks he deserves it yeah what's brady gonna say <laughs> no i don't think he deserves in the hall of fame <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous i'm glad he's gone hinch all right so what else do we have with football oh an assault charge against aaron donald Did you see that eye of the guy who's uh charging it I don't know why I'm an idiot, but uh, the first thing I think is, why would anyone start trouble with Aaron Donald? <laughs> That's my thought whenever I see one of those things. But there's probably more to it. Dave, um, South, you remember you, me, Kimmel, the whole gang down at the, down in the South Side walking on the street the, late at night? That's where we were. That's where that happened. Is you that remember right? when we were out when it was really crowded and there were all those? It, it, it has changed a little bit over the decades since I've been hanging mm. out in Pittsburgh on the south side. It's it's really like in the last 15, 20 years, the streets are jammed and it feels really young. And we I felt really old when we were walking down there mm -hmm. um, in, in the middle of the night. And I remember, I do you remember, this is ab absolutely true. We're walking down Carson mm -hmm. uh, in the south side. And there were, there were a group of attractive young women walking towards us. And the one just like, as we got within like 15 feet, just pointed at me and went, you're old. <laughs> I do like, remember that. Yeah. Like, what? What happened? I'm from here. I'm trying to show my out-of-town friends a nice time, and you're calling me old. Wait a minute. How old were you? Were you even 30 yet? <laughs> I was past 30, yeah, but... You are? But I, whatever probably... age I was. What a humiliation. Wait a minute. Oh, you were past 30? Was it like yeah, 17 we were... years ago? I guess you were past 30. All right, yeah. 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 
Yeah, that was a fun trip. And uh, she's right. Oh, boy. Wait, imagine if she saw us now. But yes, I mean, yes, bad stuff happens when the sun goes down on the south side with the crowds and the booze and otherwise and Steelers. A lot of guys have gotten in trouble. When you hear about the Steelers in trouble, Mm -hmm. um, they it's generally down there. Right, Joel? And uh, fellow fellow Pittsburgher. Um, but yes, who tangles with Aaron Donald walking down the street? Now, does he, th- can he say I'm defensive player of the year? Everything I do is defensive. It was self-defense. He can't yeah. claim that, right? It all, it's all, uh, yeah, you can't do that. Shouldn't the guy have been a little more banged up actually? Or did Aaron Donald just give him a warning shot to the eyeball? And it was like, it look at the bad. damage I can do. Look it at, look at what I can do with <laughs> one punch to you. Recognize that if I throw another one, that will yeah, be the end of maybe. end of your life. Is there a worse guy in sports? Literally, is there a worse guy in sports you can think of to do that to than Aaron Donald? I was trying to think about in football. Is there anybody who would be like, you just made an even bigger mistake of well, messing with Dominic Aaron Donald? Dominic and Sue is on the same level, right? Yeah, I guess that's uh, a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh uh, in sports, I mean, a lot of the MMA guys who just have—I uh, guess any of the yeah, any of no your uh, no yeah your combat uh, yeah. guys would with Miles uh, Garrett apparently, depending <laughs> on what kind of weapon he's using. <laughs> but just don't wear your helmet if you're getting into the ring with him. He'll use it again. Yeah. Switching to the lighter side, Aaron Rodgers is uh, hosting Jeopardy. They they have a bunch in the can, and now they're rolling these out. I think he's fine. But every day there's like another hilarious clip emerged of Aaron Rodgers hosting. Like, uh, I've not seen one yet. I don't know what's hilarious. I think it would be good. He did. He'd be just fine hosting Jeopardy. But uh, oh my God, the the the, the accolades. And our, our friend Harry has a crush on him. He loves his hair and everything else. But I make him a three to one underdog to host full time. Does he do? He seems like he's really into it. Yeah, he he's making no secret about it. Um, mm. The guy who the guy who made the most money ever there, the blondish guy who's funny on social media. I can't think of his name. I'm sure. Oh, uh, Ken Jennings. That, Ken Jennings. Yeah. That seems like make him the host. Doesn't that seem like justice being delivered? Yeah. I resent this. I just I got to tell you, everything goes back to me, as you know, Sal, in mm. my own brain. And I, I just resent it. And on some level, I think it's your cousin Jimmy Kimmel's fault. It all mm. started. Like when he, although he wasn't a big celebrity when he was Ben Stein's money sidekick guy or the host right. or whatever. Um, but somewhere along the way, it became that, why did celebrities become game show hosts? That's what I was born to do. I, yeah. I If there's anything that I would be good at in this world, think about what you want in a game show host. Think about well, all the part? famous. Read, are you reading questions or are you, re- you spinning you a be, wheel? What you you got to be like kind of, got to be, kind of not trustworthy you know you gotta Mm -hmm. be something shady about this guy little smart alecky i don't know if we're supposed to fully believe him but i don't hate him anyway i mean i don't know if i like him either i know i I, I don't know if i trust him but there's something about him they're like yeah this this feels like i'm i'm doing the that this guy's a shady dealer somehow that's what you want that's what damage could be i see a lot of steve harvey in you i really do it could be you (laughs) it could be you i'll tell you who it shouldn't be Kevin Hench, that guy's the worst. Um, anyway, <laughs> add a little excitement to your sports watching experience by betting on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. There's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook app. is simple to use, great odds on different betting markets, unique fun types like same-game parlays, exclusive always-on promotions such as enhanced odds, boosts on the biggest events, 
to let you get more action out of every game day. And if you win, they get you your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours. And right now, Dave, I know you know this because you read this on Minus 3, but you know that FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place your first bet on anything. FanDuel refunds you up to $1,000 in site credit. Wow. What good guys and gals over there at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, if you've never tried it, what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with promo code extra points so they know that we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code extra points. You know, I wasn't going to do this, Dave, but I'll give everyone a pick if they hopefully listening to this by Thursday morning. The Mets win 5-1, to one, so they're destroying the Phillies. And guess what happens tomorrow? Guess who's on the bump, Dave? Your Jake boy. Jake DeGrom. Jake DeGrom. Getaway game. Getaway game. I didn't see the number for this because it's not up yet. I saw that the Mets are like minus 240. Stay away from that because they don't hit for DeGrom, but you don't want to bet the Phillies. What you do want to bet is the Mets under four and a half runs. They scored five today. Everyone went around the carousel, around the bases, around, around. They don't hit for this guy. I don't know what he did to this team, but it's going to be 1-1 in the seventh inning when he has 85 pitches, and then the bullpen's going to blow. There have to be some people. You must know them, and you might even be one of these guys. Did you get into a thing of like, well, this can't go on every time he starts the game, so I'm going to bet it again, and now I'm going to double it, and now I'm going to double on that one. and People have to have done that. Mets enthusiasts had to have tried tried to ride the ground like, well, the law of averages makes this right eventually, right? And it just never did get right. I got to every little angle of it. Jeff Schwartz was with me last year on this. We bet the Mets in the first five innings. That was okay for a minute, right? Because you figure, all right, they'll have a 2-1 lead, then the bullpen blows it. No, it would be like one nothing or 1-1 or something. So that caught up to us. There's just no way. You just have to stay away. You have to close your eyes and pray that they put three on the board before the seventh inning and that the whole, uh, the bullpen holds on. So but you're saying suck. do not. So in, instead of giving a bet, you're saying, you're saying go under is what you're. Yes. Go under the, four, I think it's going to be four and a half runs for the Mets. That's their team total. I say go under. Maybe we'll get lucky. They'll win four, three or something. Well, you but, know, uh, my favorite bet, I'm going to keep riding it, Sal. It's individual it? NHL yes. player goal scoring props. This is where it's at a thousand dollars. You get really nice long odds unless you take the one or two, top superstars of any given team. If you go, even their line mates are going to give you plus odds. And mm-hmm. we did it last night. The minus three gangs, spaghetti, meatballs, and Damashek all offered up me and uh, meatballs both hit with our picks there and made, nice. uh, made some money. Hopefully you followed along with that. I did stick my neck out on Wednesday night and said, uh, the blues were going to break the Avs hot streak um, and bet the blues money line. I That didn't look like that worked out. I like check. that too. The parlay kid had that as well. Uh, he had the blues to make the playoffs at minus at plus two forty last week. And now they're uh, now they're even, but they did lose tonight. Yeah. They lost to Colorado. I had that as well. Dang, Not good. Not yeah. Good. But look at, look at over. You got a big night of puck going on Thursday night. Just go through, look at a game that you find palatable. Um, and and uh, go in there and pick a player or two and throw a little something on them. It makes uh, the game lots of fun well, to watch. Well, there's nothing up in the player props uh, department for the NHL for Thursday yet because we're doing this Wednesday night. But you'll have picks on uh, minus three, like I said. Yes. With Ke- if Kevin Hench lets you speak, maybe you'll get a pick or two in there. Uh, Carlos Rodon is just so mad. Is a no hitter for the White Sox. Carlos Rodon. Wow. All right. Huh. Remember that used to be a big deal. Like a, a no hitter. I like think that could, that without knowing any specifics. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know what 
compares to that exactly in sports. Like what, what, um, achievement, single game achievement would you most like to attend? It's not, it's not your guy doing it, your, your team doing it. I always would love to attend a perfect game. A no hitter. Or a perfect yeah. game. Yeah, it would be obviously. Perfect I came game. close. I was there with Brusca. Pedro Martinez jumped from the dark side and uh, was pitching for the Mets. And he got to eight and a third. And we're like holding each other and all that nonsense about, oh, you can't mention it. It's like, okay, we haven't mentioned it in 30 years and it still hasn't worked. Maybe we start to mention it in the fifth or sixth inning. Um, but yeah, uh, a no hitter would be great to attend. Uh, this, was this a seven inning game, Joel, or nine? You never know anymore. It was a nine, yeah. But uh, Dave, the thing about seeing a no hitter is you'd have to go to a baseball game. So, yeah, and you can't be making out; otherwise, you miss the whole thing. Depending on wh- which way your torso, <laughs> you're is. you're not going. in charge of what I do. I, I I do as I please. I'm a grown man. You know where I was though? I was in what? the igloo. I think it was 1988, uh, December 31st, uh, five o'clock puck drop. If memory serves, I was there mm-hmm. to see Mario Lemieux score five goals five different ways. Even strength. Oh, that's power great. Play. Shorty, empty netter, and penalty shot. Interesting. Never will be repeated. Nice. Yep. Back to basketball. We talked about that Nets-Sixers game. How about Anthony Edwards? So A-Rod has moved from the Mets to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a quest to own a team, a, a professional franchise. Same thing, Mets, T-Wolves. Um, Anthony Edwards, minus 125 favorite for Rookie of the Year, thanks to uh, LaMelo Ball getting hurt. Did not. It's a hilarious uh, video, too. You should watch it rather than just listen to me. But he did not know who A-Rod was. And immediately I get annoyed because I'm like, because it makes me and you and everyone look old. Like, oh, my God, that girl on the street on Carson Street was right. We are old. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Edwards isn't. He should know A-Rod. But should he know A-Rod? How old is he? Is he 19? I I don't. It's one of those things. Like I always say, like my wife is like, I. Like, well, you know who Peyton, I mean, you know who Peyton Manning is. You may not know, mm. like, uh, athlete. Like, I mean, how can it be that you don't know that your brain doesn't uh, absorb? Right. I don't know anything about, I've never watched the Kardashians. I know who the Kardashian, I know who all the Kardashians are. I may not know their first names, but I can tell you, oh yeah, that's one of the Kardashians there. It's weird when people, when your brain, whether you want it to or not, is going to sponge up stuff that's. In the zeitgeist. Well, you're, I don't you're, know how you're that's possible. You wouldn't superstar. know A-Rod? Yeah, you're a sports superstar. You have to think, like, you not knowing the Kardashians. I mean, you're not in that genre. Like, th- doesn't he watch Sports Center? Doesn't he watch any highlights of anything? Uh, A-Rod is... Yeah, right, right. A-Rod's on two network. Like, he jumps all around. He, I know he, reti- he retired when, like, he was 15. I'm trying to figure this out. 15 years old? That's not that, that sound young. about right, yeah. It's strange, and but maybe it's justice being delivered, uh, delayed, but uh, finally coming through. This is what he gets for taking somebody else, another successful athlete. Uh, no, wait, he was a Rod before Aaron Rodgers was a Rod. Oh, and yeah. Maybe a Rod shouldn't get the host Jeopardy because he stole a Rod's name and has created this confusion for mm-hmm. a potential Rookie of the Year in the NBA named Anthony Edwards, which then begs the question. Which Anthony Edwards could do the other Anthony Edwards job better? Oh, the actor. Goose with Goose and <laughs> ER and Revenge of the Nerd star uh, Anthony Edwards be a better NBA player, mm. or would NBA player Anthony Edwards make a better Goose <laughs> for uh, for Maverick up there? I like how you say begs the question. No one is begging this question <laughs> at all. No one's even uh, wait till I ask it. Slightly asking. He for loves it. he loves this kind of question. This he is, does this, right up his alley. <laughs> 
Well, Jim, what did you say about uh, Anthony Edwards? I, I had forgotten about this. You're right, though. Right before the draft, one of the questions about him that was like uh, one of the negatives was that didn't really love basketball. They said he didn't really like watch it. I don't think he really watches sports in general. So it's got to drive a coach crazy, though. That's yeah. why so I joined the Navy. That's why I joined the Navy and started uh, going out on those air carriers. That's with right. Friend Matt. <laughs> That's but, he, but it did get him Meg Ryan, a young Meg Ryan. Different, different, different guy. Different guy. See, um, now I'm like Anthony Edwards, the other one. <laughs> I don't know which A-Rod is which. I don't know either. That should have been the follow-up. Do you know who the other A-Rod is, at least? Do you know either one of them? Right. Well, you, is it, maybe he's a Jeopardy fan. Who the hell knows? He should by now. He should know J-Lo's boyfriend. Like that's right. Right, That's that's right. Exactly. How do you not walk by in the grocery store there? His face on a magazine. So many opportunities. Um, Pete Rose uh, turned 80 today and I'm not going to mention the site, but he's now selling picks. He's selling. um, How much is he selling them for Joel? Like 90 bucks or something. He's selling a package of picks, baseball picks. This is, I can't believe this took so long. And I won't mention again the site, but uh, he turned 80 and celebrated. Maybe someone said to him, you know what? When you turn 80, this is what you got to do. Maybe it was on his bucket list or something. And uh, for $89 a month, you get Pete Rose's lousy picks. They weren't good 30 years ago, but miraculously, they're going to turn around. They're going to make you. It's not like you meet him or anything, right? I mean, they weren't good. They weren't good. Isn't that part of the story is that he he was a crummy gambler, too. Oh, his ledger was worse than mine. Minus is all over the place. And really, that is the bottom line. That's why you should. I'm not going to say people should never gamble. That's why people say you should never gamble. A guy with the baseball intelligence of Pete Rose couldn't figure it out to the tune of minus hundreds of thousands of dollars. But we're supposed to do it. Um, Either way, Pete Rose plus 30 and he's 80 years old. um, And now he's selling picks. But I wrote about it in my book. I don't know if you remember, Dave. I interviewed Pete Rose. And uh, this is why this is what the hypocrisy is great. But I, Tony Romo's cousin ran this convention, this sports right. convention, right? So it was like a fantasy sports convention in Texas. And he's like, uh, "I'll pay you to come out." I was like, "Don't pay me. Just get me an interview with Pete Rose." I feel like I've sports gambling podcast. It's crazy that I haven't interviewed Pete Rose. He has a book out and everything. Um, so I go out. There. He's like, "Done. I'll, I'll set set it up." I go out there. I read his book. I, uh, right before I sit down with him, Romo's cousin, Andy says, oh, don't mention you're uh, hosting a sports gambling podcast because he doesn't know. I was like, great. That's terrific. But anyway, I had read the book. And so I kissed his ass about everything. It was a love letter to his father. And he's talking about his minor league days and everything. So I knew enough about it. And he was not really impressed that I knew it. But then like, I see his uh, handler circling with balls for him to sign. So I'm like, I only have a few minutes left here. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put on. And he writes about it in the book. He writes for about three pages. He writes about the gambling scandal. And I said, Pete, I read the book. I'm complimenting him now. I said, I think you had a great mind. I think you got bored. I think that's what happened. You were bored being a manager. You have numbers running through your head. I mean, he remembered his batting average in in double A in 1959 in upstate New York, you know? So I, I was like, wow, he's a math whiz. That's what happened. That's why you started gambling. I think you got bored. And he got mad at that. He's like, look, what is, is what happened, happened. That was 30 years ago. And no one on this podcast cares about what happened 30 years ago. I'm like, all right, well, we just did 10 minutes on what happened 60 years ago when you were in the minor leagues. But I can guarantee you they they do care. And he's like, 
All right, so I'm not going to ask that question. And speaking of questions, you have one more. And then I'm leaving. <laughs> what? I didn't yeah. know. I've never heard oh, this yeah. story. I was like, what? what the hell did I do? And so I dig deep, and I know it can't be a, a legitimate question. So I said, all right, I have one more question. I got one more question. I was like, do you think we'll ever hang out again? And that was it. He ripped the microphone off, walked away. You could hear the rumbling. And that was that. And so then I... Uh, and so then I was like, oh, that sucks, but I'm running it anyway. And then uh, as I'm walking away, I'm thinking, oh, you know what? In a way, he was ambushed because he didn't know it was a sports gambling podcast, even though it was one of 20 questions with sports gambling related. I was like, then I started to feel bad for him, right? And I get stopped by someone who recognized me at Kimmel, and I talked to them for five minutes. And then after that, I have to meet the rest of the family on the other side of the convention. So on the other side of the convention, I walk up, and my kid Harrison is taking a swing and who's putting the ball on the tee? Freaking Pete Rose. I'm like, oh, this is great. I get my phone out and Harrison now is like uh, five at the time and he had been not used, he hadn't used a tee in like two years. He's using like coach pitch or machine pitch. So the tee is screwing him up and he bangs one off the tee and the, the, the ball like goes like uh, three inches and Pete Rose looks at him and says, take a hike. <laughs> But he says, take a hike to this five-year-old. And he's like looking around like, what did I do wrong? The same look on his face that his old man had on his face like 20 minutes before. And he's very upset. He's like, he told me to take a hike. I was like, he's a terrible dude. And I ran the podcast. Uh, and uh, well, he's 80 now. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. I did not know. Wow. It, it, yeah. it, that's stunning because he seems like such a, <laughs> such a charmer, generally speaking. Sheesh. Um, and now funny. he's selling gambling picks. So what, what, what the hell? What, what is it? Which is it? That's crazy. Outside of Cincinnati, and even there, I assume some people are a little raw about him. Uh, they, they're kind of pious fans, so I imagine mm. they don't love that he bet on baseball. But it's funny because I once spoke with Pete Rose um, mm. when I was on the Adam Carolla radio show. Oh. Um, he came in for whatever, I guess, to shill a book or whatever. And um, he had something in the research notes indicated that um, he was well known for having a giant wiener and right. was, a, was a great coxman mm -hmm. um, uh, on the, for the red legs. And it's like Pete Rose, look at Pete Rose. Um, and uh, so I, I got into it with him about that. And I was like, could you, I'm like, if you had to, if like, if wonder boy broke at the plate and you had another, no other option, could you just go with, uh, with what, God gave you at the plate and maybe <laughs> bang out a hit. He died. He died. He went crazy. Really? Oh, he thought it was so funny. Thought it was hysterical. Wow. And was laughing and laughing. I'm like, so you're so you were the biggest? Like you were the biggest in the locker room. And then Corolla's like, ah, you're the biggest one. Ah, you're the bigger than anybody on better Joe Morgan. Huh? Ken Griffey. <laughs> huh? You're bigger than all those guys. I was yeah, I was the biggest one I ever saw. Oh, oh, oh. except maybe for Tony Perez. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't know why it matters more. Be wrong. Okay, so he's big in the pants. I don't know why now. Anytime I see the big red machine highlights, it's like Tony Perez, big man, wow. more than one. That's great. That was that's that, really that, so. I guess I had all in all a better. Uh, yeah, you got all the laughs out of him for uh, the last 30, 40 years. That's amazing. <laughs> Good job by you. Well, he's selling picks now. If you want, oh Jim, oh oh boy, this is a special treat. All right, uh -oh. it's uh. Yes, it's time now to play the game that's sweeping the nation where we guess how greedy celebrities are. Uh, right now, it's Cami Over Under. Ooh. Grab some money from a jar. 
Get a message from a star The price is what we really wonder It's cameo What a, what a great job by Dick Banks. I mean, uh, really what, 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 we missed the Grammys, right? We just had the Grammys, right? Wow, and they didn't uh, even get nominated, right? Yeah, yeah. that's sad. That's sad. All right, All Jim. Pop, well, I, so I political, imagine, that crap. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I imagine you want to do Pete Rose here, right? Of course. Okay, so you have to assign a value, and uh, Dave and I will guess if it's over or under that amount. Pete Rose, over or under, $200. Ah, I'm going over. I'm going, he's a, he's a whore. He's an 80 year old whore. I mean, you literally could <laughs> find him in random malls in Vegas a decade ago. Right. Sign it pathetic. Yes. He's desperate to uh, make as much. I, I hate the, I'll, I'll go under just to go really? against Sal, but yeah, I, in, in my heart, I'm going. Up. I, I, I can't imagine. I think this is hundreds of dollars off. Go ahead, Jim. Pete Rose is under what? Ooh. $150. Really? The volume business for 14. I guess so. I guess so. Well, I'll never buy him one. What does he tell everyone to take a hike? What 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 does he do? What what's he involved? Says one question. You yeah, one you question. have one question. <laughs> I don't know though. I if you would you rather have picks from Pete Rose for $89? Like for two months of picks from Pete Rose or one cameo? <laughs> hey, he's an old jerk. Oh, you know what? Yeah, my mind's spinning. I don't know yet, as mm. uh, as the repeat champion in our fantasy football league. I have kickout powers. Come September again, <laughs> and last year I kicked uh, Simmons out with Fred Lynn. All fun. of a sudden, it's all of a sudden it'd be kind of fun to kick Sal out. You with shouldn't Pete have Rose. said anything. Why'd you say anything? You think he's I making it to know. September? I mean, I'd be. It, I think it would be awfully uncomfortable if I kicked you out. Well, all these bad things said about Pete Rose, I still put him in the NFL Hall of Fame over Julian Edelman. I do. I think he makes... Uh, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, isn't he, Jim? He made some Hall of Fame. Uh, Dave, nope. minus One of the great three. clips, one of the great WWE moments in history hmm. when Pete Rose gets into the squared circle. Yeah. For real. Really one of the I think funniest the things. Times, they kept bringing him back. Like City of Losers. Like <laughs> he gets into Boston. City of Losers, how about it? And everybody boos him. <laughs> you want great wrestling talk. Uh, listen to Against All Odds. It's, I think it's it'll be posting when? T tonight? At uh, the same time as this, probably. Um, Brian Gewertz and The Miz, and they go at it. There are arch enemies outside the ring. Brian was a WWE head writer for Raw for uh, many years, and The Miz resents him, and uh, Brian resents The Miz just as much, and we go at it for, for an hour. And they're in that League of Leagues, Dave, that you talked about. That you talk yeah, about and well, it sounds yeah. like there was a lot of shouting and arguing on all these podcasts Craziness. today. Yes. We had Hench, and uh, great news is, if uh, if Hench didn't scare you off with that little hors d'oeuvre, guess what? Mm -hmm. The main course comes at you on Thursday, and every Thursday, the second episode of Minus 3 with Hench. We'll chop it up. NBA East, NHL East, uh, all things East, AFC East, NFC East, AFC North, breaking it all down for you as the NFL Draft Draws near, and uh, speaking of that, our old pal, number 24, Ike Taylor, joined us on the early episode this week to talk all things AFC North. He really is a sharp uh, football mind and uh, talent, talent evaluation and everything else. He is wrong about bringing back Roethlisberger. They had no other choice. Well, but anyway, that's a great right. show. At least he, he gave you choices. He did give you choices uh, if they did bring him. I didn't like him. 
I didn't think I know. Well, that's the point. Was a good everybody choice. has the, everybody. Every, it's it is the classic. They got to move on from this guy. To what? I don't have the answer to that. But they should move on from this guy. Uh-huh. So anyway, Ike was great fun as always, and he and I are going to go ride horses apparently soon. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought about like uh, his thing was these players are young, so you might as well lose a season, bust up a season, right? Like. I don't know. He, he I, thinks I, they're I, delaying it because the other teams are young. Their starting QBs are nice and young, and the Steelers are going to lose a year. And by the time the Steelers do land, even if they're optimistically, they finally land the next franchise QB to replace Roethlisberger in 2022, 23, 24, however long it takes. It's another year of Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow all getting close to the peak of, of their primes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of assumptions, a lot of optimism for the other three teams, and a lot of pessimism for the team he played for. If you buy it's what he's laying out, it's too much. It's too. Much. It's too much. It's even. It's more than too much considering it's April fourteenth. But I'm glad Precisely. we're talking. Honestly, we got th- this. Is it? The draft is coming up. Good stuff. Two weeks from Thursday. By the time you listen to this, we're two weeks away. Like Dave said, listen to minus three. Listen to against all odds. Uh, Laugh lines was really good. This week with Rachel Bonetta and Paul Verzi. And uh, what else did we do? Joel, Jim. Oh, Lemon Pepper Parlay. Uh, what do we do? Card Wars. So many, so many damn podcasts. Go to extrapoints.com. You get free picks every single day from the Degenerate Trifecta and Jen Piacenti and Martin Weiss and others. I think Jerry Ferrara throws some picks in there as well. So a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember... You're all my favorites. Take a hike.